Hello, and welcome to episode 565 of the official EstablishedRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. For part three of this best ball series, I am once again joined by two of the best best ball grinders on the planet. Best Ball Mania 1 champ, Justin Herzig, star of our YouTube streams twice a week. And Michael Leone, leader of our, leader of our newfound big analytics department and author of the Best Ball Manifesto. Leone, how's it going? It's going well. Excited to talk a little DraftKings best ball here. Yes. Herzig, how's it going? Good to be on pause instead of just live stream. This is fun. Yes. It's enough already with the live streams. My God. Okay. Going to get burned out. I'm worried about you. Let's go to... So this is part three of a six-part series. And part one, which I implore you all to listen to, is the base. What to think about when you're on the clock. In part two, we covered underdog strategy and how to approach it. Drafting strategy and how to approach it, to me, is very, very, very different. And the reason that it's different, in my opinion, is strictly, almost strictly, due to the scoring system. We're talking about full PPR with bonuses. Now, what does that mean? That means that quarterbacks are worth less. In other words, their scoring is going to take up a smaller part of your total scoring. Pocket passers are worth more because they can hit the 300-yard bonus. So guys, you know, way uh, you can take Kirk Cousins late. Uh, you can take Trevor Lawrence later last year at least and start to think about those 300-yard bonuses more than the freaks who are running a ton also. It also means that wide receivers are incredibly valuable because when they stack up the PPR points, they often also stack up the bonus. It also enhances stacking more. There's just an overwhelming amount of reasons why it should be, in my opinion, very wide receiver. We should be very wide receiver heavy on DraftKings. We should be looking at zero and hero RB builds. And we can, if we want to, and I typically want to, I like taking three quarterbacks on DraftKings later, and I'm okay with all three of those being pocket passers. The great thing about DraftKings, Justin, and the reason that I, honestly, the reason I think I won there last year uh, was because uh, people aren't adjusting correctly for these things. And it's like almost backwards what people are doing on DraftKings. So I know I've said a lot here, Justin, any thoughts on applying DraftKings scoring system specifically to our strategy? Yeah, I mean, just for beginners, DraftKings is a sports book. It's a DFS platform. It is far from known for best ball. And the people you're competing against are often people who have never done best ball before or aren't familiar with it or aren't uploading their own rankings. And so the ADPs there are far more structured for what people think about from maybe, you know, their fantasy football redraft or maybe the names they're more familiar with compared to, of course, Underdog, which we just talked about last podcast. But like, obviously, everyone that's an Underdog right now in May is basically a DGEN. So from this, why do like, you know, it gives us such an opportunity if we're drafting smart, if we're drafting correctly with the draftings. I think you touched on a lot of great things. I'll throw one more in there, the tight end position in this structure because it's PPR, because the 100 yard bonus um, tight ends, if you go elite are actually that much more valuable. But because you're getting three roster spots and because you're getting 20, so you have been more easily able to get three roster spots going late, late tight end and grabbing three or maybe even four is also perfectly viable. Um, but without a doubt, wide receivers are so important and they're not being taken that way. Yeah, exactly. You can get wide receivers later on DraftKings than you can on Underdog, which absolutely blows my mind. Leone, any thoughts on DraftKings specific 
scoring systems here. And honestly, I actually think stacking is worth more uh, on DraftKings. And that's just my gut. I actually haven't looked at the data on that, but maybe you have. Well, if you think of it from a DFS perspective, we're always more into stacking on DraftKings than FanDuel in terms of the size of the stacks because more guys can get there in different ways. You know, you can have one guy rack up catches and get the bonus, another guy get touchdowns. FanDuel is a little harder to do that when you don't have the 100-yard bonus and it's half PPR. So I think there is some credence there, even though it's not perfectly analogous to DFS. And in terms of the wide receiver stuff, I think – Elite wide receivers are that much more important because they're hitting the bonus more often. The volume matters more when it's full PPR. You know, on underdog sometimes, not always, you can make up for quality with a little bit of quantity where you get these guys that go, you know, two for 60 and a touchdown, right? That, that's a pretty big day on a half PPR site. On a full PPR site, that's, you know, not that's pretty tame. You know, that someone who's just going eight for 80 is going to beat you. Um, so it's it's important to keep that in mind. And then in general, drafting on DraftKings, I just like to tell people like the interface is can be a little bit tougher to get used to if you're used to the underdog one. So the clock doesn't pause overnight. You know, your ranks, if you upload them, aren't going to update uh, after you've already started a draft. So there's just little things to be aware of where it's going to be a little bit different. Now we can get more of an edge if we're willing to overcome that and put in more work because as we've noted, uh, it's harder for other people if it's hard for us, and especially if it's more casual drafters. Oh, yeah. I love it. The worse the interface is, the worse the UX, the worse the UI, the more I want to be on there. I was more diplomatic than you. <laughs> yeah, I want to be on there grinding. Exactly. exactly. That's, that's what I want for sure. Uh, okay, so I think hopefully people who are listening to this play DFS on DraftKings, they understand how important the scoring system is. To me, that is our biggest edge on DraftKings. Other things that I want to talk about on DraftKings is just how big this tournament is. And Leonie, I'm not sure how close you look at this DraftKings thing. $10 buy-in, 1.2 million entries. 1.2 million entries in best ball at a $10 buy-in. Now we have, same thing as Underdog, week one through 14, the top two are going to advance. Week, week 15 is a 12-person group, the winner advances. Week 16 is a 12-person group, winner advances. So not as big in week 15 and 16. Week 17, though, is a 1,364-person final. Payouts are a million to first, 526K to second, 400K to third. Tenth is 100K, 10% of first. So it's a little bit flatter here in this 10 on DraftKings. I'm not sure we can adjust our drafting strategy for this, but any thoughts on the way DraftKings is doing their payouts and they do not have a regular season prize? by the way, whereas underdog does. Yeah, so not having the regular season prize, I think matters a little bit in the underdog pod we covered. There are some things that you might pivot to if you're, you're aiming for that, that's obviously not gonna be the case here where you're only going for the playoffs. You know, the 12 team versus 16 team field to advance isn't a huge difference. From a sweat perspective, I kind of like the 12 team just to improve your odds of getting to the finals. Now, when you get to the finals, it's, it's a larger field again. You might like if you're getting really into the weeds, you might start thinking about, you know, combinations that are going to be highly owned um, is it, something that pops into my mind. It's tough when it's a draft that goes to full draft season, though, because ADPs are going to shift. So uh, I know, Adam, we've talked about with the Bills, you know, you start Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, you throw in Ramondre Stevenson in the third round for that correlation. If you know, I wonder if you're better off not taking Ramondre or taking somebody else because even though Ramondre gives you the week 17 correlation, it's so popular. 
I guess the counter to that though is DraftKings is casual enough that I, I don't know if we're, we've reached the break-even point on that yet, but yeah. it's just something that I'm thinking. I don't think like 99% of the field on DraftKings is not thinking about week 17 stacking. Whereas on underdog now, I would say of the people drafting now, at least 50% are thinking about week 17 stacking on on underdog not happening on DraftKings. Herzig, any more thoughts on the on the payout format here uh, on DraftKings? Yeah, I mean, hey, I want to do give credit to a little draft to DraftKings a little here because there have been some improvements from a UI interface. You can actually upload rankings now. There's rumors of a draft board coming, but more than anything else, this payout structure is fantastic. Going from I think a million to five hundred thousand, four hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, like that's a really good, you know, fairly flat payout structure. Doesn't change the way that I draft or you know trying to get a out of a thirteen hundred person field getting first versus getting second is really just you know pretty much random chance. Um, but a thousand, a thirteen hundred person field. Holy crap! Week seventeen, like this may no longer be the top of the pyramid if we're talking for DraftKings. It may move a little more to the, towards the middle. Like that is so important combined with a only one out of twelve instead of one out of sixteen for the two previous rounds, and so so top heavy. Even though we're talking not first place top heavy, but out of thirteen hundred, you finish in the top one percent. That's what top thirteen. Like. Yeah, you still need to really finish high up there. And that's where week 17 correlation, I think, is that much more important. Yeah. Agreed. Um, just one more thing on here RB and zero RB. Like the, the way I started my team last year in the three through three was Steph Diggs first, then Saquon. And then I just kept going wide receiver. T. Higgins in the third round, Jalen Wild in the fourth round, Chris Godwin in the fifth round, Devontae Smith in the sixth round, MVS in the ninth round. Took even more, Wandell Robinson in the 14th, Zay Jones in the 15th, and I took a shot on Danny Gray in the 20th. But man, I mean, so many wide receivers. I think a lot of people, because it's a 20-round draft, Justin, might be like, well, I want to get three or four tight ends. I want to get, you know, uh, six or seven running backs. I still want to use, even though I have 20 spots, I still want to have like nine, at least eight wide receivers on my team in this format, but we can still do that and come away with three quarterback and three tight ends. So how do you think about allocating number of players in a 20 round draft on DraftKings? Yeah, I think you touched on it. And what I'll say is when I'm allocating those as well, I also really want to focus on that game 17 correlation. I mean, think an example is so two years ago in their big tournament with a million up top, um, I was sitting in, I was sitting in first place going into the final night, ended up dropping to, I think fourth, but it was on the basis of a Cincinnati, Kansas city game stack. And the very end of it was Daryl Williams putting up like a 25 pointer or something that the only reason I pretty much drafted him was because of that game stack. And so now when we're talking about positional allocation here, for me, the stacking in that game stack is that much more important where in those later rounds, your 18, 19, 20, I'm first focusing on who can I find a game piece of that correlates with the rest of my lineup from a game stack and then deciding whether it is, you know, what position it is. I think what you can really take advantage of um, with the drafting styles, I know earlier you talked a little about kind of uh, maybe game, maybe stacking is actually more important on here versus FanDuel. I kind of actually feel the opposite because touchdowns correlated FanDuel means more here. You can actually take, hey, and this is what Leone said, two wide receivers from the same team, and both of those can be highly correlated because they can both go off without needing to take each other's touchdowns. They're just getting a lot of passes and such. And so I think a great way on the DraftKings is to think about game stacks even without the QB. Because, yes, you will have your QBs hopefully stacked as well. But even digging into not just 1v1 mini stacks, but you can go like 2v2s 
and still focus on a game because if that game does shoot out, that QB might put up 35 or might put up 30, it's pretty easy for your QB to get pretty close as well and still kind of make it competitive. But now you're getting as much action as possible of these potential blowout games. Yeah, there's also situations where just because of you know how strong a bet is individually and how players accumulate points where we're high on the receivers but not the quarterback and it looks weird you know one's jacksonville for example but i've built out some teams where i have two three jacksonville pass catchers about trevor lawrence you can bring that back with miles sanders mingo someone from carolina in week 17 but yeah definitely don't be afraid to stack multiple pieces from a group of pass catchers you like even if you don't have the quarterback there are some smaller field tournaments on the site if the 1.2 million entry field is not for you. You know, uh, there's a 555, but that is still kind of big. 5,200 entries and 1 million to first, 150K to second there. So be careful on the payout structure there. Be sure you're optimizing for first place. There's also a $250 single entry with 50K to first. The 333 uh, last year was a three max, and that will likely launch later. But yeah, some of the same things that we talked about for the smaller stuff on the Underdog Show. I think apply here to DraftKings. Smaller the field, less you have to worry about. Week 17 still want to be stacking when possible. That's going to do it for this look at DraftKings. We'll be back next time to take a look at Drafters, which is a unique format, regular season only. Oh, baby. This sounds like my kind of format. Four. Herzig. Four. Leone. For producer Luke, I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.